Are you buckled up and ready for this episode of the Big Picture Social Emotional Learning and Life Skills Podcast? I hope so, because Jordan Harrison is one high-energy kind of a guy who is mission-driven on bringing out the best in students who come from underserved communities. Jordan's perspective is profoundly respectful of the kids he works with, even and perhaps especially the so-called troublemakers. The foundational philosophy of Jordan's approach is that kids, all kids, have everything they need to succeed within themselves, and he's just there to help them bring it out from within themselves, which is why our conversation eventually came around to the most powerful motivating engine of all, personal responsibility which I hope you'll agree is an essential component of social, emotional, and life skills development and success. Jordan earned a bachelor's degree in business and marketing with a minor in social and personality psychology from San Diego State University, where he was recognized as a top student leader. And at graduation, he received 24 job offers from the corporate world, companies like Amazon, Salesforce, 3M, HP, and like 20 other companies. Jordan acknowledges that the money would have been great, but it just wasn't a motivator for him. So he went on to earn his master's in education at Harvard University as an urban scholar fellow, focusing on prevention science and practice and positive youth development where he learned highly effective ways to help students work through trauma, societal challenges, as well as gaining insight into the wide-reaching benefits of social-emotional learning. Um, Jordan Harrison, I am so grateful to you for finding the time to share your insights and experience with us. Thank you and welcome to the Big Picture Social-Emotional Learning Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I know listen to this podcast or the quite a few of the episodes. Amazing work and I'm really honored to be here. Oh, Jordan. Your efforts on behalf of the many middle and high school students you've helped motivate towards breaking their own boundaries about what's possible for their lives is just immeasurably. I mean, I don't have, I can't even hold how much admiration I have for you. I have nothing but respect for you. And also intense gratitude because you're making the world a better place for all of us with your efforts. Well, thank you so very much. Thank you very much. And I know that you had an opportunity to work for great big companies that you were offered all kinds of jobs after you graduated from college. And yeah. you decided to do this. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Uh, uh, tell us a little bit about that because that is, you know, when you hear about people that do that, gosh, I want to know more. So yeah. how did, what happened? You know, um, so I went to San Diego State for my undergrad. I was a business marketing right. major. And uh, when I graduated, I had 24 job offers in the corporate world. Um, and wow. I was I was really could have picked my location, picked my city, picked my car, picked anything. <laughs> and and uh, so one thing I chose was the job that paid me probably 20% of what I was going to make in the business world. And I think yep. um, it was because I did an internship and I, and I saw, you know, um, Although the business world is great and you can make a lot of money and there's, I have nothing against it, um, I didn't yeah. feel I didn't feel alive. And um, yeah. when I came and worked with students, I felt like although I might not make enough or not make enough, although I might not have a ridiculously full uh, bank account, um, yeah. I was full of, of hope. Woke up every day loving my job, and it's been something that mm. I can say I feel like I haven't worked a day in my life so far because um, mm. I love the work that I'm doing. 
Yeah, I can hear it in your voice. I can hear the smile. Yeah. I can hear that comes from your heart. And yes, you ma'am. can't buy that. Yeah. You cannot buy that. Yes, ma'am. Good, good. So this fo- podcast focuses on social emotional learning and also life skills development. Mm-hmm. And um, I know that you work with the middle and high school kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you must have had the thought that your work could be even more successful if the kids got some special kind of directions and encouragements at much younger ages. And I'm thinking most specifically in terms of them owning and knowing and valuing for themselves in their own terms, personal responsibility. Yeah. So would you walk with that whole concept for a while and share your thoughts with us? Yeah, I, I you know, if, if I could start, I feel like I, I wish I could start the second someone is born in this world uh, <laughs> of just being able to to speak life to them and to really have them know that they're in control of our life. I think some there's so many challenges when we think about how young people and just their adolescent development um, from parenting to school systems, it's very, we tell young people everything they're supposed to do. Um, mm-hmm. And we very mm-hmm. rarely provide the opportunity for young people to to dream, to make a decision, to live with the consequences, whether good or bad, because I think we want to protect them so much. And I think sometimes it, mm-hmm. it comes from this well-intentioned p- place. But I think it also might be harmful if you think developmentally on how are we making sure that we're creating young people that are able to own their own lives, to make their own decisions, and then to be mm-hmm. responsible for the, cause, the causes and consequences of those decisions. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. So, okay, you get a class of just in theory, in your dream world, you get a class of kindergartners. Yeah. And you want to give them some sense of personal responsibility. What are you going to have you thought about this? What oh, would yes. you do with those oh, kids? Yes. Oh, so <laughs> yes, you have. You know, I, I love classroom design, life design, just all these things with young people. First and foremost, I think um, you could teach responsibility in some of the smallest of ways um, by just giving students ownership and co-authorship in, in, in the classroom. Uh, one of my, my favorite uh, kind of concepts is just this idea of co-authorship with students. I think oftentimes when we're in positions of power, whether it be a parent or a teacher or an educator, uh, we feel like we might know everything that everything this young person should know. And yes, we, we know a lot, but I also mm-hmm. think we have to provide the spaces for the young person to show their own brilliance. So it could just be simply, hey, um, young Jordan, you have this corner of the room and every day we need to make sure that that corner is clean. So I'm going to check it every day at five o'clock and I need to make sure that it's clean and acknowledging when they do it right and making sure that they feel like they have some ownership in it. And, and I think it's either sometimes the smallest things we can provide where they can take part in owning something, feeling mm-hmm. the responsibility for it, and then understanding what happens when you do something, what happens when you don't, when you don't do something and how it impacts everyone involved. And so for me, I would assign roles. Um, I would even have uh, the students at sometimes maybe even teach part of the lesson. If there's any mm-hmm. ways where younger students, I know this is super young, maybe it's just something simple where um, a student gets to decide what activity we're going to do, or a student gets to decide um, what color they want me to use the marker in, but something where they could feel like they are an active participant in the learning and what they're actually partaking in is something that they are deciding and deciding and like kind of how it goes. And I think it, it increases engagement, it increases involvement, and it increases their ability to see that I need to be um, responsible and to see that this is this is me and I need to, to be involved. Right, right. So 
maybe, uh, and I love everything you're saying. And I, I was a teacher for over 20 years. Yeah. Then there's always the kid that's just like grumbly and resistant and everything. What do you do with those kids? Oh, those are my favorite. Those, <laughs> those are my favorite. Me too. Me those, too. Go on. Let's those are my favorite. You know, yes. see, so I, now, like, like you mentioned, a lot of my work has worked with uh, middle school and high school students that have been like mm-hmm. 2.0 or below students. So a lot of students that uh, love the back of the classroom. And, and for mm-hmm. me, you know, I think a lot of research would suggest that a lot of classroom management or a lot of um, student behavior is often a direct correlation between relationships and our ability to kind of build increased empathy to build relationships can oftentimes show stronger engagement between all the students. And so for me, I always try and, and build a relationship to come from a space of wondering with my students and figuring out, you know, if you're maybe not showing up the best way? Is it because there's other things going on? Um, is, is there something else going on in life? But more so figuring out, can I make this more engaging for you? Um, mm-hmm. Is there a certain something going on in, in, in current culture that I could bring in? Is there a different way that I could teach this way that might be more hands-on to get you engaged? Because I think oftentimes it might not be because the con- they're not interested, but maybe they're not interested in the way that we're teaching it. And I know teachers have teaching standards and a lot of different things they have to go through and it makes it really hard. Um, mm-hmm. But I think there's really a lot of ways that we can create uh, phenomenal ways for students to be engaged no matter where they come from. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just love that those are your favorite students. They were mine too, because yeah. especially at that age, you know, and there's this, uh, are you familiar with uh, Dr. Green? I forget his first name right now, but he says kids do how to do well. And, and that's kind of our yeah. responsibility to, to help them find out how they can do well in their own terms. Yeah. And that seems, that's what you're all about. Yeah. Right? I love it. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> so, okay. So you weren't born in a vacuum. Tell us about your family. Tell us about some great teachers you have. Yeah. I, I, so I actually come from a family of educators. Uh, both of my uh-huh. parents were, were teachers um, as well. And so I think for me, they, they kind of always taught me responsibility at a young age, um, from getting homework done to getting it done on time to um, just owning the responsibility the entire time. And I think there's one teacher that I could think of in, in seventh grade that really, I guess, changed my own reality. Um, and it was, it, was, it was very simple in how the teacher did it, but it was more so taking the time every single day before class started, where she just gave us time to journal and answer the simple question of, how are you doing today and writing it down? And then she would follow up and write in the journal and kind of have a conversation with us. We were able to mm-hmm. kind of have a, um, a semi-personal, but like um, honest relationship with the, with the teacher so that we could honestly say, here's what I'm struggling with, here's where I'm at. And she, it opened up so many doors for me. And I think for the first time it showed me that education wasn't a place where I just had to come and receive, but I could actually come as a full student. And so I think mm-hmm. for me, um, my teachers were great in some cases, and there are a lot of cases where they weren't. Uh, but I think my mm-hmm. parents modeled this behavior where they said, look, education isn't something that you're just going to get. You have to show up every single day. You have to be able to be responsible for your actions and your consequences, and your grades need to be good. Um, and I think those were just kind of come some of the model behavior that was expected of me. Um, and, it, and it came from a place of a lot of privilege being able to have those parents as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What happened when you, um, when you, when you didn't, when you weren't responsible? Oh, um, accountability um, from, mm-hmm. uh-huh. from, you know, loss of privilege of things to um, having conversations to 
Um, and, and, it, and it's interesting, you know, because I think when I was younger, my parents did a lot, lot more around, hey, um, if your grades aren't good, that means you're not watching TV, you're not doing this. Um, and that worked for me. Um, and then as mm-hmm. I got older, eventually I got it for myself where I didn't really care mm-hmm. if my parents took something away from me or not. I wanted to be excellent. And I think mm-hmm. one of the things that we could think about when developing students younger is that we're not trying to to take things away or we're not trying to like, it's, it's about helping them develop a sense of excellence in everything that they do. Yeah. And anytime yeah. that we don't, that we applaud um, something that's not necessarily their best work, we're giving room for them not to be excellent in a way that they can show up in life. And I think if we are really supportive and understanding that we are raising up geniuses, that we need to hold them to that high level of excellence so that they can truly be responsible to steward that and grow into what they can truly be. Okay. That is a gem that you just said. You don't want to give them feedback for something that's not really good. We see too much of that. We see way too much of that because we want to hold. And also this whole idea of, oh, you're so smart. Ah, Don't say that to kids. so, so give us your thoughts oh, on that kind. That you know, I'm not a fan of participation trophies too much. I'll just, I'll just say yeah. that. You know, I think yeah. right now, modern parenting and, and techniques, everyone's like, we need to support all students and honor them. I think there's a difference yeah. between um, showing love, but also, to me, it's it's this balance of high support and high expectations. Um, I want mm-hmm. us to support our young people and say, you know, what, we're going to support you and get you where you need to go, but we also are going to keep the level of excellence high. Um, and, and really, and, and for me, that's just, that's just been everything for what my parents did for me and, and how I hold my same access to my students, because here's what I think, our students rise to the occasion that we set. And I think mm-hmm. oftentimes when we applaud them just for showing up to school, yes, mm-hmm. sometimes that might be where you start, but next week you need to be showing up in the front row of the classroom then. Um, and I think mm-hmm. it's about then having, if we're going to congratulate students, then let's have gradual, continual praise that grows week after week. We're not just saying, hey, you showed up, hey, you're breathing, hey, you're doing this. Yes, I'm glad you're doing that, <laughs> but we need to do some more things as we go on. Did you say, hey, you're breathing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, <I was> like, <laughs> right, but, right. But people I mean, get so just, caught up into it. That's just it. respectful. Yeah, but, huh? but I think, especially with young people, I think sometimes we're almost scared to hold an expectation on them mm-hmm. and, and to say, hey, I, but to me, it's 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 almost disrespectful because you're saying yeah. you're you're withholding them from their dream or their responsibility or who they actually can become, and and then we have to deal with you know for me working on the later age group of adolescents, oftentimes yeah. I'm inheriting the students that were told right. you did good in everything, and now we're getting right. into a place where we're applying to college or we're talking about the next steps in life, and it's a real kind of struggle because they're like, oh wait, I was told I was good my whole life. You mean to tell me my one point five, two point oh, three point like one point something isn't good. And and for me, it's not that it's not good. But what I'm saying is mm-hmm. there's certain expectations that you need to have this certain level of excellence to move on to the next area. And so I think it's really scaffolding right. our support for our students. We can meet them where they're at, but then we need to push them to go to that next level. Uh, and oftentimes right. that's helping them get that for themselves so that we're not doing of it course. for them. Of course. And then um, I have to tell you, your word pushing, I, it could have a positive connotation. Yep. Or, or not a positive connotation. I'm a person who don't tell me what to do. Yeah. And I was always like that. Yeah. So what is your specific um, words, attitude, mindset, approach, angle, where the kid feels like it's still his, right. but you're the one. Okay, take it. Yeah, no, no, you're good. You're, 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 <laughs> I, am, I am loving this conversation. You're talking all my language. Um, I, I, I think I think the pushing part, and, and I, I appreciate you for naming that, because 
I was just coaching some teachers on it, that there is a very delicate balance between mm -hmm. pushing a, per a student to get them to mm -hmm. just almost revolt and rebel because they're like, what are you doing? Versus mm -hmm. pushing them so that they rise to the occasion. And, you know, mm -hmm. I wish I could give you a one size sweeps off for all of our students, right. but it's a yeah. very um, indiv individualistic context environment fit understanding. And I think part of that goes back to the earlier part of we must have strong relationships with our students so that we can better know, is this student going to respond well to this push? What does the push even look like? Because sometimes pushing can just simply look like, hey, um, I noticed you stopped at number six and there's two more. What are you going to do about that? And maybe right. they're really competitive. They're like, okay, I'm going to do everything. And sometimes yeah. it's like you have to really drive them to push them more farther and eventually they'll get it. And I think um, for me, it's just more so knowing who's a student what type of pushing or pulling do they need? And part of that's been building relationship, doing goal setting exercises with them, understanding what are their own internal inspirations and, and things that want them to, to move. And then how do we truly inspire students so that they can truly have hope? And one of my biggest things for especially teaching responsibility is this, is, is teaching pathways thinking to young people. And simply that's just having students realize that there's more than one way to get to a goal. And the earlier that we can teach students that there's not just one way to solve a problem, that there's multiple mm. ways. It can help mm. increase their agency so that they don't shut down and think, mm. oh, no, th there's this road closure. Just like mm. in traffic, there's always a detour. So the faster way mm. we can help our students develop detour mindsets, the faster we can help them understand you're responsible and you can now see the, the other ways to take your responsibility to still get to your desired outcome. <laughs> That is fantastic. That I love that. I love that. Um, good. So are you going to be working with some younger students? Yes. Actually, one of the things I'm, I'm building out now here in, in two school districts here in San Diego is mm -hmm. our, um, a college and career exposure starting as early as third grade, um, <laughs> third through eighth grade uh, for about uh, 2,500 uh, elementary and middle school students here in San Diego. Well, so we need your website. Yes, Tell us about your website, and then I'll put it in the uh, the episode notes. Perfect. So my personal website is just jordanjharrison.com, um, just for educational consulting or speaking. I love all things young people. So if you ever need yeah. someone to speak to young people or just to, to work with them, I'm all here for the people, for the young people, to okay. be a thought partner and just to support in whatever ways I can. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. Anything else you want to share with us, Jordan? I, I just have to say it's been a pleasure. And, and I think lastly, I'm just very big on strength-based approach. A lot of this conversation yeah. is about how do we um, kind of encourage responsibility among our students. And I think part of it is also the belief that our students already have all the skills that they, they need inside of them. And it's our yes. goal as educators to just help them see it and not try and personally like develop it in them. It's like we can help them develop it, but it's about letting them see you already have the answers. Let me just show you how brilliant you are in different contexts every single day. Oh, you were talking my language, boy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Thank you, Jordan. With all my heart, thank you for what you're doing. Just phenomenal. Um, if you ever want to share more of what you're doing, I know that our listeners will want to hear about it. So please don't hesitate to, to reach out to me again, will you? Yes, ma'am. Will do. Thank you very much for allowing me on your show and have a great day. Oh, you too, Jordan. Bye. If you think about it, is there really any more powerful skill we can enliven in kids than personal responsibility? 
That one life skill massively increases the likelihood that kids will stand up to the challenges life will inevitably present to them. Every challenge, social, emotional, economic, environmental, educational, cultural, societal, you know, the full range. Without a strong sense of personal responsibility, how much more likely are the kids in our care likely to fall into victim mindsets, which serves no one ever? How early do you think we can start to empower kids with that super life skill of personal responsibility? If you'd like to learn more about Jordan and his impactful work, check out his website, jordanjharrison.com. Because I actually could have spent another 10 minutes at least during the introduction to this episode highlighting his many admirable achievements. On another note, during the conversation Jordan and I just shared, I briefly referenced Dr. Ross Green, who has very effectively observed and responded to the fact that kids do well if they can, which clearly is a philosophy totally in line with Jordan's efforts at developing kids' personal responsibility. Dr. Ross Green is worth a Google search, if I do say so. I'm already looking forward to bringing Jordan back for another conversation, maybe one focused on developing students' critical thinking which is another life skill that relates to young kids' social-emotional learning and overall life skills development. At least that's what I think. What do you think? I always love to hear from listeners. Meantime, thank you for all that you do, all that you care about, and your continual growth as a lifelong learner. Today's kids need you. We all need you. Mm -hmm.